Okay. We have uh, enough, everyone has? Okay, Gavaldi. All right, so, uh, so like I said before, this is part two. So, so last week, last week we began learning, last week we began learning about uh, the Sugi of Lagboimer, this particular aspect of Lagboimer. So last week it was more a concept. And this week I'll try to, to the best of, you know, the best I can, at least in this, uh, for tonight, to try to give some, make it a little bit more down to earth, a little bit more practical. So what was the, what was the idea? So the idea was that we saw last week <coughs> is that in Chesidus we're taught that Gula itself, the experience of Gula itself, the coming of Mashiach, that period of Gula is defined as in the following way of Iris the Tayu Bekelem the Tikon. Iris the Tayu Bekelem the Tikon. Light of chaos in the vessels of, of uh, rectification, of harmony. Iris the Tayu Bekelem the Tikon. And so uh, that, 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 that's, what, that's, that's a line that describes Gula. Now we spoke about this last week, a little bit of what that means. And we said that there's two types of neshamas, there's two types of energies in the world. There's an energy, there's a type of neshamas, so to speak, that's called tayu. Tayu is a neshama that, or, or a type of energy in the world that is craving that which is always beyond what their particular kalim can contain. Really what they're looking for is ain't sight. What they're looking for is infinite. What they're looking for is to experience that which is infinite. That which is always... Now, by its very definition, if it's infinite, it means it's beyond your cup to be able to contain. These are neshamas that are never truly settled in the world, that are never truly settled. They never truly um, fully embrace the, the status quo. They never fully embrace the the uh, limitations of the world around them, and they never truly, uh, you know, sort of try to settle in the world. These are neshamas that, you know, again, when it's in an unhealthy way, these are people that, uh, that we saw this from, from Rav Kook last week, these are neshamas that are predisposed to rebelliousness. But the rebelliousness that, the, the root of their rebelliousness is not necessarily because they just want to see everything burn, but it's because they're dissatisfied with the status quo and they believe that there's more for us to be able to experience than the situation that's in front of us. And so in order to, you know, in order to, uh, to make room for the new, you have to take, take down the old. And so there's this, there's this revolutionary you know, drive that these neshamas have. Now, again, I'm talking as if it's a separate, a certain neshamas, which is true. There are some neshamas that are, that are very, you know, you know, a, a very strong predisposition to this. But every neshama, everyone has a little bit of this. But there's such a kayach of toyu in the world. When it's in a healthy way, as we'll see a little bit more t- uh, tonight about this, even those neshamas that um, express their toyu kite, their chaotic nature, in a way of kedusha, these are neshamas that even in kedusha are... Uh, almost uh, bursting at the seams, almost bursting at the seams. These are neshamas that have a very, very difficult time, maybe with um, mitzvahs maisius, it could be, with physical mitzvahs, with practical mitzvahs, with allowing themselves to be reined in by um, physical mitzvahs. These are neshamas that find it extremely frustrating with dealing with, uh, with things of this world, with uh, practicalities of the world, uh, whether it be even involved, even even involvement in parnasa, these are neshamas that are extremely frustrated frustrated by that. You know, these are neshamas that are predisposed, as we'll see soon, to just wanting to to sit in, in ruchnius all day long. This world, which is which, in in relation to what they dream of and what they truly want to experience in terms of Vedas Hashem, feels extremely limiting to them. And there's a certain and that's a certain rebelliousness and. Rebelliousness is not always bad. It's not always bad, you know. If, uh, without rebelliousness, then you're never going to have anyone that sort of breaks out of the average, you know. The, the outliers, the, whether it be, you know, uh, people that are extremely brilliant or extremely talented in other ways. There's a certain level of toyu in order to, in order that, that, that drives them to become the people they can become, right? You can, a Mozart, to become a Mozart, what, what, you know, obviously he had those kaychas, but he also had to have some, some aspect of toyhu in order to be dissatisfied with the status quo, with 
to be dissatisfied with just being an average, you know, piano player or, uh, you know, composer. And it compelled him to find kaychas within himself that were relative to other composers in that field. Believable. Believable. And that's something that's a healthy thing. It's a necessary thing. That's tayu. That's tayu. And then you have tikkun. Tikkun is the opposite. Tikkun, again, as I mentioned last time, tikkun are neshamas that are very much, uh, they're, they're, they're predisposed to be settled. To be settled. To be, to be people that are uh, able to have, uh, that they're predisposed to be very good at interpersonal relationships. People that are willing to, to that are happy to be, not average, but are, but are happy to be, to be amongst the people, to be settled, to be amongst the yish of ha'olam. These are not the outliers. These are not the ones that are trying to break, you know, the status quo. These are people that are trying to exist and, 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 and develop and be within the status quo. And that's, and, and to be miyash of the ha'olam. These are people in Ovedis Hashem that are very, that are, that are, are very, um, um, very satisfied spiritually with mitzvahs maisias. They're very satisfied spiritually with knowing that they're doing something in, you know, that there's that having experiences even religiously that are sharing amongst other yidden. These are not uh, like you know, like the lone person that that sticks out. These are people that their 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 spiritual sipa kanefesh comes from being amongst the people. So, in, in other words, and I mentioned this other times that you have, you know, you have some tzaddikim like a yeshvat tzaddik. Yeshvat tzaddik became yeshvat tzaddik dafka when he was alone. When he was amongst his brothers, even when he was amongst his brothers, he wasn't truly one of them. And he always sort of had this part of himself that was trying to be a little bit tayudik, to break the, break the status quo and to sort of stick out like that. And he became Yosef HaTzadik, Davke Mitzrayim, where he had no choice but to, you know, there, there, were no, there was no status quo over there. There was no, there was no chavr, there was no minion, you know. And then you have the other Shvatim, Yehuda, for example, his whole inyan is... Yishuv Ha'olam is to is to is to establish himself is to grow in Avodas Hashem amongst other Yidden. It's a different different approach. Toyu versus Tikkun. So anyway, Bekitzer Nimrus. What we spoke about last time is is that Geula Gula the way Gula is going to be through the Torah of Rav Shimbar is Iris the Toyu Bekelim the Tikkun. Somehow somehow Gula means infinite. Gula means an experience of Elokus. When, the Rabbani, when Mashiach comes, we'll be able to connect the Rabbani Shalom in a way that's beyond measure, that's beyond any conceptual concept that we could even fathom right now. Bechin is believable, tayu, completely above what we would consider to be normal, uh, reigned in derech eretz. But in order to have that, the pashtas that would require a breaking down, God forbid, of, of the status quo to an extreme level, which to a certain degree we do have that in the world around us, but the Rabbanu Shalom wants Gula to take place with compassion, as Rav Shimon, as through Taras Rav Shimon, as we'll see soon, Gula happens, and so paradoxically, the way Gula takes place with Rav Shimon is an unbelievably complete, huge, cosmic and, you know, shift from finite thinking, finite experience, finite Avedis Hashem, to infinite thinking, infinite experience, infinite Avedis Hashem, but all of that within Kalim Datikam. All of that in a way where you don't even see it happening, you don't even feel it happening, you don't feel this, the, the, the ground beneath you shaking. It's very smooth and comfortable. In other words, within Mitzvah's Maisius, or within the practicalities of Yeshiva Oilam, within the same, you know, you know, we're not going to have to go back to horse and wagon. You know, that it's, it's all within the world that we know, the world that we're comfortable with, everything that we are familiar with. Within that, within those kalim, dafka within those kalim, to be able to find that which is infinite, to experience that which is infinite. That's what gula is. And we saw last week that that's exactly what Rabbi Shimon is about. The whole inner of Shimon in the world is to sort of bring the world gula in this way. Iris detayu, the kalim detikum. Now, just to sort of, you know, get back into that. So, if you take a look at the, a few, the first few Marmarkamis that we have over here, are going to, again, showing this idea of Gula being Iris the Toy, the Kilm the Tikkun in the Rambam. You see certain ideas in the Rambam like this. 
And then to show how Rav Shimon is this idea as well. Rav Shimon, the Torah of Rav Shimon specifically, sort of, and his, and his you know, the, the nature of that neshama, of Rav Shimon's neshama, is a neshama that sort of uh, uh, guides us, that, that brings the world to that type of gul. Again, like I mentioned last time, gul is happening no matter what. But Rav Shimon, the Rav Shimon is a gul of Aris Tatayu, but Kalim So let's, uh, let's see what you have in front of you. So Marmokka number one is a Gemara in Brachas, okay? Lama Dalad the Gemara says like this, Omar B'chiyah Bar'Abba, Omar B'yechanan. Rabbi B'chiyah Bar'Abba said in the name of Rabbi B'yechanan, Kol ha'neviyim kulam lo'y nisnavu el yimaisa Mashiach. So Rabbi B'yechanan said that when you look at Navi, so all the amazing prophe- prophecies that are talked about in Navi about the future, the times of the future, which the prophecies are all supernatural, crazy stuff. So uh, complete, completely describing a completely different like world. Said Rabbi Yechanan, that's talking about Yemaisa Mashiach. That's talking about Mashiach. Avalaylam Haba, when you talk about beyond Yemaisa Mashiach, you're talking about Tchias Mesim, even that the Nevi'im didn't even talk about. So that's only, only the eye of God sees that. So all the prophecies that describe a complete overhaul of everything that we consider to be normal and, uh, and, 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 and finite, that's all Yemaisa Mashiach. Says the Gemara, and that statement of Rabbi Yechanan, is not like Shmuel, disagrees with Shmuel. Damar Shmuel, because Shmuel said, no, Shmuel said, that when you, that when you want to compare and contrast the world that we have now, Golis, with the coming of Mashiach, not such cosmic changes, not such, not, such, not such huge shifts, the difference is simply, right now we're subjugated by the Goyim, and when Mashiach comes, Shemalchis won't happen. There won't be any subjugation. We'll be free to be our own people. But no huge, uh, you know, uh, the world will still be the way the way we think of it, the way we experience it. So says the Gemara. That's a machlaikas. It's a machlaikas. Rabbi Yechelen says again <clears throat> that that all the prophecies which describe crazy, you know, a crazy new world. That's Yemaisa Mashiach. Shmuel says no, no. Between now and Yemaisa Mashiach, not much different. It's just we won't be in Gullis, but. But nothing, nothing really more than that. So the Gemara says it's machlekes. No, 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 no. You might Mashiach. Ain't been Elam Hazel. You might Mashiach. No, but all the prophecies are talking. The, when you, the prophecies in Navi are talking about crazy stuff, that's talking about you might Mashiach. Elam Hab is even more than that. But I'm saying, but you might Mashiach. Rabbi Yochanan says. So within you might Mashiach, it's a steer. It's it's machlekes. That's the Gemara says it's machlekes. The problem is in the Rambam. Rambam Rambam number two. It's a well-known contradiction. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva. In Hilchus Tshuva, the Rambam quotes the statement of Rabbi Yechanan. Amru Chachamim. The Chachamim say, this is a reference to Rabbi Yechanan, says the Rambam, that all the prophecies are talking about the coming of Mashiach. Another is the Rambam in Hilchus Tshuva, is passing like Rabbi Yechanan, that all the prophecies, again, which, are, which describe a complete upheaval and a complete shift in reality, that's talking about Yemais Mashiach. So Yemais Mashiach, altogether different. Believable. Problem is, the Rambam himself also in Hilchas Molochim, Maramaka number three, this is all the way at the end of Mishnah Torah, the Rambam writes in Hilchas Molochim, Parakid Beis, Al Yala Al Halev, a person should not think, says the Rambam, Shabi Yemais Mashiach, that when Mashiach comes, Yevatel Davrim in Minhagishal Oilam, Things that we that are the rules of nature and someone that we uh, that we experience right now will change. A person should not think that. Or like nature will be different. Don't think that. The world will go on as it is now. It will go on as it is now without without the subjugation of the nations of the world. And so on. But in, but in terms of uh, gravity, you know, things are going to be the same. Now the Rambam himself deals. What about all those prophecies? So says the Rambam. When it says in Yeshaya Hanavi, for example, the Gar Zeivim Keves, the Namar Im Gedi Yeravets. When the, the Navi says, for example, that the 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 the, the wolf will 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 be you know with the, the sheep and the and the leopard with the goat. So that you know, that's that's not normal. Predators and prey don't usually. Uh, don't usually hang out together. So mashal l'chid is just a mashal. It's just a mashal. It's not miraculous, though. It's not miraculous? I don't know. It's like gravity. No, gravity. Well, it's not gravity. Well, I mean, I don't know. The truth is, they're all rules of nature, if you think about it. I mean, they're, they're, they're animals. It's not, a, it's not a choice that they're making, and we could talk them out of it. It's, a, it's an inborn genetic 
truth that, that these animals have. So in the Rambam's view, that would be uh, a break of nature too. Why is that any, any it's not any more, it, it's just as natural for, for there to be gravity than for an animal to, you know, without training, without anything like that. It's, it's changing the, the teva. The type of an animal. This is just one example, but you'll see what the Rambam says. It means it's a marshal that the Jewish people will be able to uh, live amongst the nations of the world and we won't be attacked anymore. Again, Shiva Malchus will go away, and so on and so forth. If you take a look at uh, toward the, so the next line, at the end of the next line, Omr Chachamim, in other words, just in the Rambam says, and Chazal say, so even if you want to, you know, we could be fumble back and forth about the Psukim and about Mishalim and so on, but the Rambam over here at the end quotes Shmuel that there's no difference in this world and Yomaisa Mashiach besides Shiv Malchus. So besides Shiv Malchus, there's no difference. So here's the basic contradiction. Again, the Gemara Brachas recorded two statements Rabbi Yechanan and Shmuel. Rabbi Yechanan said, Yomaisa Mashiach, miraculous things going upside down. This, and Shmuel said, no, 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 Mashiach comes, no big difference, just Shiv Malchus. And the Gemara says, they're disagreeing with each other. The Raman Pasuk is like both. And he quotes, it's interesting, he doesn't just, he quotes in Hilchus Tshuva exactly the words of Yechanan, and in Hilchus Malachim exactly the words of Shmuel. So how does it go together? So this is a big, a big discussion, I'm to deal with this, the Vilnagai and others dealt with this. In the way of Hasidus, the, the, the explanation is, again, there's more Pratim to this, we're not going to get involved, but but one way of explaining, at least, or giving an opening to the Rambam, is in this way. When the Gemara says that they're disagreeing with each other, it is true that the statements, they are, they are different. But, it doesn't, but the fact that these two things cannot go together, Rabbi Yechanan and Shmuel, is also because of our limited perception of Golas. But again, what is Gula? Gula is a paradox. Gula is Aris Tatayu, Bekelem Tatika. Gula means being able to, at the same time, nothing really changing, but somehow within that, everything being altogether different. Now again, we don't know what, that, what do those words mean. How could everything be the same and completely different at the same time? But that's exactly what Gula means. When the Gemara records these two statements and the Gemara perceives them and, and addresses them from our vantage point of Gullus, where it's like either Tayu, either you're talking about upending everything and, 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 and introducing the world to infinite, or you're talking about keeping things status quo. It's, it's one of the two. It's either Tayyip or it's Tikkun. They disagree with each other. But the Rambam, as I mentioned many times, the Rambam, the whole Sefer of the Rambam, and the perspective of the Rambam is really coming from, like the Moise Mashiach It's The Rambam himself was a spark of Mashiach ben David. So the, the Rambam is describing how these two Ashitas can coexist and will coexist. Paradoxically, Mashiach is going to usher in a time where everything will be altogether different, the experiences of life will be altogether different, altogether infinite, nevertheless packaged in familiar territory, in that which is comfortable, that which is uh, uh, familiar to us. Now again, as I said, this is what Gula is, and Roshim Baruchai comes to introduce us to a Torah and to a Mahal Chanavaitis Hashem that, that brings us to that place. Now Roshim himself, to explain a little bit, Roshim himself, how he himself was predisposed to introduce the world to this type of this type of ghoul experience. So Maramoka number four. So this is a piece I've I've quoted this before. This is a piece from Narizal in Sharma Moy Rajbi. So the Ariya Kadesh is talking about over here what makes Rabshimbaicha unique in all the uh, annals of of Jewish history. What makes him unique, him this this Tzadik Rav Shimon, that he was chosen to be the one to give us a Zara Kadesh and to bring us to Geula. So what was unique to Rav Shem? So da, so, so the Ariyah Kaddish says like this, da, you should know, ki nishma satzadikim, yeish mehem b'chines arha makif, v'yeish mehem min arha pnimi. Said the Ariyah Kaddish, there's two types of tzadikim. There are tzadikim that are called, that their neshamas are called surrounding light, and there are neshamas that are called an inner light. Now again, for our purposes, what does it mean a surrounding light? What does it mean an inner light? So in the languages that we've been talking about, an inner light means tikkun. It means they're, they're coloring within the lines. Not trying to change anything, not trying to alter anything. It's, it's, it's neshamas that are, that, are, that, are, that are connected to that way of derech eretz. And when they, and, and that's, that's, that's our opinion, that's an inner light. That's an inner light. And then you have neshamas that are an armakif, a surrounding light. A surrounding light means toyu. It means neshamas that are 
unable to be contained in a vessel. They're almost like, you know, the surrounding, almost like surrounding a vessel. But here's the Chiddush of what the Rizal is talking about over here. Just from this paragraph, you wouldn't necessarily see it. But from other places in the Kisra, we find the following idea. That when he's talking about over here, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, this quality, this Nakuda before. When the Rizal says over here that there's Nishamas that are, are Makif, Dik Nishamas, he doesn't mean, see, usually when the Rizal talks about an energy or a, or a, or a light, so to speak, that's a Makif, it's a surrounding light, it means, literally, an energy that's bigger than the Kalim to contain. So it's Mamish, like, uh, like a Makif, you know? That's literally what the word makif means, a surrounding light. So it's, it's too big for the kalim to contain. <coughs> but there is over here, when he's talking about neshamis that are called makifim, it doesn't mean that these neshamis literally are too big for a kalim. They couldn't, they couldn't exist in the world if that was the case. There's such an idea that, are, that, that the Rizal is referring to over here, which are called makifim pinimim. Makifim pinimim, surrounding inner lights. Makifim Pnimia means that despite the fact that they do seem to fit within the Kalim, and they're walking around, having conversations, you know, talking, teaching tyrants, Skavalik, but what, what we don't realize even is that what they're saying and what they're doing in their interactions is Bechlal bigger than anything that we can possibly imagine. So there is such a thing as a Makiftik and Neshama, a Neshama that's in truth bigger than any, than, than all the vessels, so to speak, of the intellect and the emotions for, to, to contain. But nevertheless, paradoxically, it's a makif pnimi. It's a surrounding light that somehow fits within the kalim. And the, the, the result of that is people that exactly, these, these, this is, this is, these are gul These are neshamas that, that unbeknownst to the rest of the world, with, in a very subtle way, without anyone even realizing it, are changing things. They're moving the needle, you know, in a way that it's not going any, it's not going back without any revolution, without any, you know, without any coup, in a way that's in a way that's very subtle, and to, and and the people that, that that themselves are part of the revolution don't even know it. That's not toyu. This is toyu the kalim tatikan. This is oiris makifim pinimia. This is what it means to be a neshama that's a makif. Now I'll give you an example. The Ariyah Kaddish writes, and it's the beginning of Eitz Chaim, where he mentions this in passing. It's, like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a footnote in the Arizal. But the Arizal says that there are three neshamas that are, we'll see soon, Rav Shimon, but besides, from the times of Tanakh, there are three neshamas that are the classic, uh, you know, when you look in the, you know, in, I don't know whatever it is, in the, in the dictionary for the Aris Makif and Premium, surrounding inner lights, these are the people that come up. These are the classic examples. Nadav and Aviu and Elyonavi. Nadav and Aviu and Elyonavi. Now, for those that were there, that were, oh, what was it this past Shabbos? Two Shabbos ago, I can't remember. This past Shabbos. So I spoke about Nadav and Aviu and the relationship between Nadav and Aviu and Elyonavi and uh, the Indian of, of, of sort of escorting of Shimon out of the cave and so on. Nadav and Aviu and Elyonavi are Nishamis that change things, that they, they're, they, whenever they come into the world, things are different because of them. But the Chiddush is that you don't even know it. Right? Like every Elyonavi to Kamaisa, right? Like, oh, it was Elyonavi. Uh, it looked like a taxi driver to me, you know what I mean? But no, it was Elyonavi. So, like, doing things, crazy stuff, but no one knows about it. Nodavinavi is the same thing again. Nodavinavi is its, its own sugi. That's why we say, we, the Svarm bring down that uh, we say in Halal, Ana Hashem Eshiyana, Ana Hashem Atzlichana, Ana Hashem Kenyavdecha, right? Ana is Roshetevis, Elyo Nodavavi. Because that's this, when you're davening on Hashem HaShinah, on it's not a regular tefillah. That's in the context of halal. What's halal? Halal is a tefillah that you're saying when the world just experienced like a makkah, like something big just happened. Pesach, Shua, Sukkot, Yontif, Rishchaydesh. It's a big time. So when you're davening on Hashem HaShinah in halal, you're not davening, you should be a, like, a little bit better. You're davening for like, everything should be different. But really, do you want everything to be different in a way that you don't even recognize yourself? No, you want it to, so, so what do you want? You want all together Yeshua and Hatzlacha, Adbali die, but yet you, you still want to be able to like, you know, be comfortable with that and not have to go through a complete upheaval. So the answer is, what you want are Oyes Makifim Primian. You want surrounding lights that somehow, some mysteriously are contained within Kalim. And you don't even know that the Yeshua is happening, you don't even know that Hatzlacha is coming. 
in a way that's ad dai, but in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. That's Elio Nadavinaviu. Elio, that's 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 this relationship of Elio Nadavinaviu in such a way where it's uh, you know that, that's why if you think about it, like the moment. Okay, maybe we'll speak about this maybe on Shabbos. I don't know, but uh, according to Ariyah Kaddish, the moment where those three neshamas, Nadav and Avi and Elio and Avi, really fully clicked, and all the tikkunim that they needed to go through personally, like, took place, was at the story of Harakamel. You're familiar with the story of Harakamel. So with Elio and Avi, my says that uh, again, the Jewish people at that time were going having a hard time with Avodah specifically the Baal, and so the my says the pasuk that's all my and say from Malachim. That Ilyanovi decides he's going to make a public, uh, a public uh, debate or whatever, a public test about it. So he gathers together in Harakarmel, all the, the 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 prophets of Baal, the priests of Baal, and he's he's the Novi, and so he has this whole thing, and he says to the Jewish people a shocking thing. He says, like just 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 you know be all in on something. If if the Baal is is your god, then okay, then that then do that. If if they're banish shalom, then it's their banish. But what's this half pesach uh, ifim? So the Gemara, says, so the Pasuk says, so what did he do? So he brought Karbanis and so on. So the Nevi'im of Baal are doing their thing. Obviously nothing's happening. And the Kla Yisrael, and and Yisrael is watching to see what El Yonavi does. He brings a carbon, the fire comes down, consumes it, and the Jewish people bow down. Hashem Olokim, Hashem Olokim. At that moment of Hashem Olokim, when they said that twice, which is Nila and Yom Kippur, right? It's Nila and Yom Kippur. So Hashem Olokim, that's when the souls of Nadav and Aviv found their full tikkun and connection in El Yonavi. Those are the two oxen that uh, that he brought. That was another venavio. So what's going on over there? What does another venavio? You know, have to do with over there. That was a situation of where everything changed in a way that the Jewish people like were completely. It was very like they didn't even realize what was happening. Like Elyavi was was speaking to them in their terms. He wasn't he wasn't trying to overwhelm them with anything. He's saying, "Listen, guy, you know, you're into the Baal. Okay, so let's have the Baal representation over here." He, it was very. He he wasn't he wasn't overtly, uh, uh, you know, pulling them away from Vodizar. Quite the opposite. He was working within their kalim, very much within their kalim. But at the same time, within their kalim, he completely upended their entire worldview, without having to break them down first. Right? I mean, there are some there are, there are some places that they're good at break that in order to you know sort of you know uh, uh, introduce a person. To uh, uh, you know, to Yiddishkeit, very not very often, but sometimes the approach sometimes is to break them down and to disprove everything they know already, and now you're emptied of all knowledge. Now we'll fill you. That's a makif thick experience, but that's a traumatic one. That's not a gul brachim. That's not a gul brachim. A gul brachim is like Elinovi did, where he didn't he didn't he didn't dis- disprove any. I mean, he disproved it, but it was on. It was in a comfortable way. They, they themselves came to that recognition on their own. Well, you know, he didn't. You know, that that was a, that's a makif pnimi. So let's go back to what the Rizal says. Marmaka number four again. All right, this is turning into all last week. But okay, da kinishma tzadikim. Again, there are some tzadikim yeshman mechinas or makif. Some neshamis that are makifim, but again, makifim if they're alive, if they're in a guf, means makifim pnimiim. And then there's just neshamis that are pnimi. They're not. Uh, they're not trying to. To, to, to bring the world to a place of infinite there, within, within the confines of, of finite. The chol oisam shehe mitzad ha'ar makif. Now, those neshamas that are makifim dik, yeshim koich ladabra bin istaris v'saydis ha'tayra, they have an ability to speak about secrets of Torah, which secrets of Torah, by their very definition, are above <coughs> the kalim of people to, to think, to understand, but they're able to speak about them in such a way where people can hear it and they don't even realize that they're being spoken to about secrets of Torah. They, they themselves don't even know. And the only one that understands are the ones that, are, that have a kalim for it. But this is the Chiddush of the Aramakiv. He's not, he's not speaking... Those that don't understand the full depth of what he's talking about are still hearing it. And they're still absorbing that information, just they themselves don't know what they're absorbing. And slowly but surely, by simply absorbing those ideas, again, where the, where the, per, the student listening doesn't fully <coughs> grasp what's being told to him, but something is being planted inside of, that, inside of that student that sort of begins to germinate on its own, 
that at some point down the line, the student is just a different person, and they don't even know what to attribute it to. But the answer is, is because the Makif, the Garebi, gave, Tal- gave the Talmud something that was in truth bigger than the Talmud, but in such a way that the Talmud, the Talmud re- received it without realizing that he was receiving something bigger than him. There are, there are, there are mechanchem, there are like tzaddikim, they're able to do this. That they give you something that you yourself, again, a seed, they're planting, they're giving you a, a bigger version of yourself in such a way where you don't realize it's being given to you and you find it at the right time when you're able to. And then when the right time comes and you're big enough to fully process what was given to you a while back, all of a sudden, you're a different person. Chazal says such a thing about Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Moshe Rabbeinu, Chazal say that the Pasuk really, is, it's based on a Pasuk, that a person doesn't, doesn't uh, fully process his, his Rebbe's Torah until after 40 years. After 40 years, then you're Ayimid al-Das Rabbi. You, see, you, you fully understood, you, you understood what he was saying to you 40 years ago, but you didn't really chap what he was saying. And, and it's, at 40 years, uh, you, you, know, you, you look at yourself and you're a different person. And you're like, like where did that come from? It was because 40 years ago, that bigger self was given to you by your Rebbe. You know, you know it. That's a makif. That's a makif primi. That's a makif primi. Vinei Rajbi. So now comes the result in the third, three lines in. Vinei Rashim Baichai, Hais Nishmasai Mitzadah Ar Makif. Rashim Baichai was this type of Nisham, a makif tik Nisham. Vulachin Haisa Bakaich Lahalbish Advarim Uladarsham. And Rosh Hashem was the greatest of all these makifim, and he was able to what? To enclose, to be malbish, to disguise the, what he was saying, uladarsham, and to darshan them, ba'ifen in such a way, that even if he's darshaning it to the rabbim, and the rabbim are hearing it, it's not like they're not, they're not hopping, otherwise he's wasting his time. He's teaching the rabbim, and the rabbim are, are processing the information, but they're not fully, but they don't even hop what they're, what they're understanding until they're ready for it. So he says, That's why Rav Shimon writes the Sefer Hazayar. Which was not a permission granted to his Rabbeim or Tzadikim that came before him. Well, even though his Rabbeim and earlier generations certainly knew more of this wisdom than him. So what was unique about Rav Shimon? The answer is that those Sadiqim could not do this quality as great as Rav Shimon, of being able to give over the information in a concealed way to people, that they are being changed by it in a way that's shaloika erech, in a way that's, that's not within the regular progress of, of, of usual growth. Like every average person, like you're going to, like you outgrow certain things, you know, a person's 40 years old, you're not the same as when you're 20, which just... Just by nature, every year, and, and, and so when you're growing, you're growing, you're growing. But the Chiddush of Shimon, the Makif type of person, is that he's able to get the person to grow in a way that's like Erech, in a way that's not the normal progress of Tikkun. The normal progress of Pnimis, of, of Pnimi, it's not the normal progress of that. And the person himself doesn't have to make this huge overall in, in the person's life to do that. A person can become, you know, sort of a, a, a Balchuva, the way we talk about Balchuva, like a complete Balchuva. In a way where they don't have to, they don't even know it. They don't even realize what's happening to them. That's the kaiyach of Reb Shimon, and he was the greatest of all time to do this. And this is how you'll be able to understand and appreciate the great concealment of the sefer azayir. That no, that not every mind can fully grasp what the zayir kaddish is. So ironically, the Arizal is describing the Zohar Kaddish as a concealed book, yet the word Zohar means light, right? And like we're all celebrating the Zohar Kaddish. What's the Chiddush? The Chiddush, what we're celebrating with Reb Shimon is Reb Shimon, the, the Neshama of Reb Shimon is a Neshama that introduces us and introduces the world to this type of experience, of these type of Rebbeim, of these type of Mechanchim and Mechanches, of people that are able to change people in, in extreme ways without themselves having to become extreme, without themselves having to become different people altogether. You can become, through Reb Shimon and through his Torah and through the tzaddikim connected to Reb Shimon, you can become altogether a new person overnight, yet be familiar to yourself. That's, that's the, that, that is foreshadowing our Geula Shlema, which is Aristotayu, the Kelm Zatikim.
the language that he's saying seems to imply that it's only meant for those that truly understand. That's that. Yeah, that's that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. It's it's <laughs> it's it, 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 those that understand. In other words, the, everyone is hearing it. Rav Shimon is giving a drasha to the whole to the whole tzibur. If 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 ninety percent of the people are not hearing it and it's not penetrating, it's not doing anything. What's he wasting his time with them for? The answer is he's giving it to everyone. But those that are able to. And this, this, that person at some point will be able to be maven, and he himself will come to that place. That's what it means in an armakif pnimi, an armakif pnimi. Okay. Not in his level. No. He was the only one. He was the only one. Predis, huh? Levels of armakif within a pnimi. Only Rav Shimon was, Rav Shimon was the greatest to do that. Or let's put it this way. You know, the way Nishamas work, the way, the way souls work is that there are certain root souls. There are certain like, uh, you know, um, uh, like imagine a tree. Every tree, let's say you have, let's say you have 600,000 trees. So every tree has a lot of branches, twigs, leaves. So you have 600,000, for example, root, big tree Nishamas. And each one of those Nishamas have branches and twigs and so on. And so any, any neshama that's going to be a makif pnimi in this way is going to be from that tree of Rav Shemin. It's going to be that tree of Rav Shemin, to whatever degree. Some people will be a, a serious branch. Some people will be a twig. Listen, every single one of us, because we're... Let's put it this way. Because we've all heard of Rav Shemin, and because we're all sitting here right now you know, learning a shir together about Rav Shemin, so it means that on some level we're connected to Nishmas Rav Shimon. That's what it means, right? Again, we, we, yeah, through the eyes of Mekubalim, everything in life has to be, the, the, when, when a Mekubal experiences anything in life, the question is always, what is the root of this experience? It's not just Stam. So with Stam, we, we heard of Rav Shimon because like, well, we don't live under a rock, so we, we heard of Rav Shimon. No, no, no. If you heard of Rav Shimon, it means that there's a hiskashus between your neshama and the neshama of Hashem. Hashem could have made you born, you know, uh, before, before the Baal Shem Tev, or in some area where it was not, Pinyin uh, Sitar was not a, a, you know, it was not a, a, known, a known thing, so you wouldn't have heard of Hashem, or you heard of Hashem, but it wasn't a big deal. By us, if it's a big deal, it means we have a hiskashus to that. Which means two things. It means that each and every one of us have to be able to figure in our lives how to serve the Rabbanishim in such a way where we can become completely different people, but yet familiar to ourselves? And number two, how do we do that to others? Because we have to do that to others, right? You can't, you can't wait to become, a, to become a big mashpia in order to be mashpia. You have to be mashpia when you're also just a makabal, you know? That's the way it works. Makabal day min day. So this is what we have to do. So Rav began this, like I said. And even that Rizal, that Rizal, again, in his way, also came to expand this movement, this uh, quiet, undercover movement of Rav Shemin, this undercover revolution. Uh, and the Baal Shem Tov comes, and the Baal Shem Tov gives us the keys how to, how to, how to, how to serve the Rebbe in such a way. How do we become like Shtikl Rav Shemins for ourselves and for other people? So how do we do that? So that's what we're going to see now a little bit, a couple of examples what we find in Sefer Hasidus about this. The truth is, everything I talk, you know, all the shmuzin that I give about, about the Baal Shem Hasidus is all re- re- revolving on this Nakuda about how to, how to, you know, how to look at Yiddishkeit every single moment uh, as a completely renewed experience. You know, from the Rizal, in the, the Kisveri, we find such an idea that literally every single moment, every single mitzvah is completely new. Is Mamish new, you know, the mire of that, you know, the mire of Hashem soon, you know, the mire that we're going to dive in tonight is not, it's not a, a repeat of yesterday's mire. It's altogether a different universe. So the, the, the idea, Kabbalah, the idea of, 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 of living a world, of living a life where everything is very comfortable and, you know, not over, you know, you don't feel like your molecules are being pulled apart and putting back and put back together every single second. That would be traumatic. So, but but that is what's happening. <laughs> that, that really is what's happening. We're constantly in Avodas Hashem. Every mitzvah is a completely new experience. Every every moment is a new world. But we don't feel like that. But more, the more a person is connected to Pnimis Atara, the more Avodas Hashem is oriented to 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 live it in such a way where every single mitzvah is a completely new experience that's never happened before. 
all the chizik of Chesid, Rabbi Nachman, you know, never to give up, never to give up. Why shouldn't I give up? There's no such thing as giving up. Why not? Why not? I, I, the person's made a million mistakes. Everything in their life until that point is directing, is pointing in, in one direction. Don't give up. I, I appreciate the bumper sticker, but like, what's the... Why not? The answer is from the perspective of Pneus Atari, there's no such thing as Yish. What does that mean? Because something happened until now, the male of that has to be going forward. The, the world just ended, and now it's restarting again. What, what, should, what, what does one have to do with the other? There, there's no such thing. I mean, there's simply no such thing. Even in, uh, uh, you know, Pikabo, we took the, the, the language of having an Elias, and you read this. I've mentioned this before. Uh, in the world of the Rashash, the Rashash there's no such thing as Yerida. There's no such thing as Yerida. Every single moment, you're, 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 you're put in new situations. So one moment you're put in the attic, another moment you're put in the basement. But it's not like you descended to the basement. The, the, the last moment doesn't exist anymore. Every moment there's a new, a new situation presented to you to do something. So it's not up to you to decide what environment that new situation is necessarily. Wherever the Brahmishon puts me. But it's not a urethra. There's no such thing. Anything that was built cannot be undone. There's no such thing. And so, uh, 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 a lot of the chizik that comes from, in, that one finds in Sefer Chassidus is rooted in this idea mm-hmm. of trying to teach us to serve the Rabbanish in such a way of absolute toyu, of complete breaking through, breaking out of the limitations of our, you know, of our past, in a way that doesn't feel so overwhelmingly new and different. That's... Uh, it's an important thing. But anyway, let's, let's go back inside. So Maramaka number five. This is a, again, this is, this is one of many examples, but just a little bit of something that we can find. So this is a piece from the Kutitaira, this is from the Balatanya in Parshas Tzav. Okay, it's the biggest site from the Balatanya. <clears throat> he mentioned this many times. So Balatanya is giving us an example of what, of, of, of a very, very important site in, in, in in Hashem, in the way of the Baal Shem Tov, and explaining where this is coming from, um, based on everything we've been talking about. One of the most revolutionary ideas in the way of the Baal Shem Tov is embracing Gashmias, is embracing Gashmias, of using, using food, even, and drink, as a way of, as a vessel in Avodah Hashem. As a classic, uh, before the Baal Shem, you know, in order to become a tzaddik, it was or a tzaddik, it was a ma- it was a matter of it was it was to, it was a matter of precious. You know, how to to the extent that a person is separate is separated from physical life, that's the that's the degree of where a person is going to find uh, you know madregas. The Balshanta said, no, 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 eat, drink, and use the kaiches to serve the rabbanish Okay, so that 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 is very appealing to people on on uh, you know on let's say, low levels. When you have Yudhis Adairis, the generations are getting weaker and weaker, that's very appealing. So you tell me, I don't have to fast every Monday and Thursday. Kivaldik. So it means I could, I could uh, eat and just have, and focus more on making brachas with kavana. That's going to be my vayda. Sounds great. So that approach, it's interesting. It, might, it, it seems on the outside to be very much speaking to sort of the part of us that likes, likes us as is. You know what I mean? Like we're not, tr- we're not trying to make anything, any big changes. But the Baltani explains that w- using physical, you know, physical things, or whether Hashem, on the outside might feel very much part of Kalim of Tikkun. Like, okay, you're, 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 you know, you're part of the world and you're not trying to change your lifestyle in any extreme way. But the kaiches that are being unleashed, davka from food, can be kaiches of absolute tai, of absolute big, big kaiches. So take a look at, at the language. Like yeah. So he says, you could explain this also in There is such a thing as sort of capturing and unleashing Sparks of tayu, sparks of tayu. The bechina satikon, contained within the within the settled vessels of tikkun, in a way that's not overwhelming. Hashem by 
<clears throat> you know, again, this is a, this is a, a big idea in in in, in Hasidus, and it's hard to explain this in a matter of minutes. But but there is such an idea that food and dafka gashmias of all things, gashmias, those things which are naturally more inclined to the uh, to the body versus the neshama, those things actually may contain within them toyudika energies. The, the, for example, the Baltania, you would, would, very often we give a mushal when it comes to the soul and the body between a person riding a horse. Let's say you have a mountain that you want to reach. So the horse physically can do it, but the horse is uh, it's all over the place. All over the place. So the, the odds of it getting to the top of the mountain on its own is unlikely. Then you have a person who knows how to get to the top of the mountain, but he can't physically do it. So what does he do? He rides the horse to the top of the mountain. So said the Baltania like this, the neshama is very powerful. The neshama is amazing. But you know what? But even the neshama, the neshama knows what the top of the mountain is. The neshama has limited kashas. Do you know paradoxically? And this is a pella, and again, we're not going into this too much right now. The Baltania said, but do you know what? The body, if the body would fully be able to unleash all of its spiritual kashas, it actually has much more violent, in a good way, much more much more kaychas of tayu than the neshama does. But the problem is, the body by its own, it's like, it's, it's, it's vild, it's all over the place. If a neshama can harness the kaychas of the body, then what you can do is unleash kaychas of tayu within kalim of tikkun. And so the neshama is predisposed to tikkun. The neshama is, the neshama wants, th- wants, to, wants things to, to go in a certain way. That's normal and healthy. The body, the kachas of the body, the Yetzirah versus the Yetzirah, right? The Yetzirah is, the Yetzirah is much more capable of going all out than the Yetzirah. And so when you have, when you, when, you, when you somehow are able to harness the kachas of even the Yetzirah, then in, in a productive way, then that somehow is able to unleash kachas that you don't even know you have, that even the Neshama can't access. And those kachas can then be harnessed by the neshama to ride the mountain up all the way to the top. So the way of the Baal Shem Tev to take physical things, obviously it has to be, has to be according to Shulchan because if it's, if it's against halacha, then, you, then, then that's just called a, a wild stallion that can't be tamed. But if, if it's according to Shulchan and it's proper with guidance, then that means that, that dafka things of this world contain within them powerful kachas of tayu. Now again, why that is is not for now. Why would the Rebbe from dafka put the, 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 the energy of Tayu Dafka in physicality, less so in, than, in, than by the this, this spiritual dimension of the Neshama. That's not for us. That's not for us right now. But, the, the, but in Gashmias, that's where the energy of Tayu can, in a certain sense, be more fully unleashed. And so the way the Baal Shantav is, again, carrying the torch of Rishim Baruchai, is to give us this idea of harnessing the energy that's found in physical, physical life and using that for Vedas Hashem. Why? On the outside, it might seem because, because like it's just easy for us in our generation to do that more than fasting. But it's much deeper than that. Because the Baal Shem Tev is telling us, that, no, 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 when those kaychas are unleashed, those kaychas can, can be revolutionary. They can be overwhelmingly great. But because the Nisham is harnessing them, they're not, going to, they're not going to be destructive. They're going to be healthy and well. So he says like this, it means, through Avodis Hashem, by Kriyashma and Davening, through energy that's, that's added to the person, through eating L'Shem Shemayim, and the eating that a person does, L'Shem Shemayim, will then be able to deepen the Neshama's ability to have deep loving love, love for Hashem and deep hisbainus lises bainus vadas b'skashras yoiser mikvi nevishal kis atzma. The neshama by itself is capable of, of of a deep attachment to God, but when it's using the unlocked toyu energy of the guf, it's altogether a different madrega. But because it's the neshama in charge, so it's never going to be destructive, but it's going to be harnessing the iris of toyu. The kale and the tikkun. So when, again, when you compare the neshama and the guf, the neshama, the neshama is tikkun and the guf is tayu. When the, the neshama harnesses the kaychas of the guf, that's called iris the tayu, the kale and the tikkun. And the result of that 
is 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 a yid or a generation that's on fire with the rabbanu shalom's with, with service of Hashem in a way that's that's immeasurable, you know, because it's it's using things of this world. That's what he, that's what he says over here. And the reason for this is, is because dafke in physical things like food and drink and so on, that's that's kosher. Obviously, there's sparks of toyu contained within that, which, when unleashed, are more powerful than tikkun. But they need to be harnessed by tikkun, namely the neshama, to make sure that it doesn't result in 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 a destructive experience. So it has to be in that measured way. Okay, one last nakuda, and then uh, and then we'll stop. So in Marmukka number six, this is a piece from Sirkas at Tzadik. We, we, had, we saw a little bit of this last time in Reish uh, Chavdalit. Okay, this is a, you know it's already late, and I don't want to I don't want to take too long. But uh, Reb Tzadik always throws in a lot of Marmukka, so we're going to do the best we can over here. So Reb Tzadik is talking about what, what, we, what we're going to see from this piece of Reb Tzadik is is that there is also a way that we find in the way of Hasidus to somehow also another, another um, I guess you can say, another exercise in trying to bring together Tayu and Tikkun. Because that's what this is about, bringing together Tayu and Tikkun. That's the way of Shimon, that's the way of the Baal Shemtev, and to bring them together. So the Baal Tanya gave us an example of how to bring them together by literally taking Gashmias, which is more inclined to Tayu, right, and harnessing it for Ruchnias, which is more inclined to Tikkun. Now, Ratzadik gives us uh, a little bit of a different formula, not different, but another added quality to think about when we're talking about bringing these two things together. So he's talking about Krishma. That's the context of what he's talking about. He Ratzadik says that every single person, every single day, has to what, what Chazal call, accept upon themselves, with, with strength. It means to say Krishma every day, right? Now, Ratzadik explains that within, within Kriyashma, you have two main parashas. You have Yahavta and Vayim Shemaya. Now, Ratzadik says when you compare the first parasha of Yahavta to the second, Vayim Shemaya, they're very much Tayu versus Tikkun. The first parasha is what? The Yahavta is Hashem to love God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your money, to give everything up for their Banish Lelem, not to. Mamish not to live, uh, you know, not, not, not to be part of normal living. The opposite of the That's Toyo. Then you have the second parish of creation, which is Vahayim Shemayi, which talks about what? Keeping mitzvahs and going to work. So the second parish of Krishna is talking about Tikkun. Says Ratzadik, every Jew has to say both parishes every day. The meaning of that is, as Ratzadik is going to say, is that an important nakuda to even involve oneself in this process of being Rav Shimendik is to realize that at the end of the day, the difference between Tayu and Tikkun, it all there is there is there is something that ties Tayu and Tikkun together, which is I'm only doing either one because God wants me to. It sounds simplistic, but it's very very profound. You have a year that's Tayudik, yeah. Toyudik. What does it mean a Toyudik? So he's going to say, like Rabbi Shimon in the cave. He wants to just give all of his money away, and he wants to just spend his whole life in Avodis Hashem and davening and learning and just pre. Just he wants to be the Yehavtus Hashem Why? So you say, why do you want to do that? So he'll tell you, you know why? Because that that that's that's his netia, that's his nature. That's that's how he wants to serve the Rebbeinu Then you have another yid, and this other yid thinks of that lifestyle and is like, I can't handle that. I want to be able to make a living. I want to be able to live comfortably. I'll do mitzvahs. And that's what gives me spiritual satisfaction to be part of the chavr, to be part of the world. And yes, that yid, yid. Why do you want to do that? Because that's what speaks to me. That's, that's what I'm like. Well, if each one of them are deciding, tayu versus tikkun, because that's what speaks to him, and that's what speaks to him, then they're never going to see eye to eye. Says Ratzadik, that's not the approach. The approach is that every yid the real, what they really have to decide, am I going to be Toyo, am I going to be Tikkun, is not based on what I want. It's based on what the Rabbanu wants of me. How do I know what God wants of me? That, that's very often, is based on the type of netia and the type of personality, and the type of inclination that Hashem gave me. But I'm not doing it because of my inclination. I'm doing it because my inclination indicates to me that that's what God wants of me. 
And so all of a sudden, the Toyo Dikayid looks at the Tikkun Dikayid and says, we're not so different from each other. Why are you Tikkun Dik? Well, the same reason why I'm Toyo Dik is because God wants, you to, wants him to be that, so God wants me to be like this. And what happens if God showed me or indicated to my life that I should be Tikkun Dik? And what if God indicated to your life that you should be Toyo Dik? You'd be Makabo. So all of a sudden, it's not so different anymore. This is what it means to say Kriyashma B'chol Yoim, that every single Jew has to say both parashas. Because says Ratzadik, the, 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 the backdrop in which this entire process of uniting Toyu and Tikkun together works is when you're going into it with simple amuna that it's not about you. Because once, a, once, once the idea is that it's about you, with your personal kaychas, what you want, and what you would be good at, then you got to pick a side. But if it's not about you, it's about what the Rabbanu wants of you. So how do I know what the Rabbanu wants of me? Okay, then I have to, one of the ways to figure out what God wants of me, if I don't have a Navi, right, is to figure out what I'm good at and what my natural inclination is. But it's not about me, it's about what the Rabbanu wants of me. And if God gave me the strength or the niti to do something different, I do that. And so all of a sudden, the two ways of, of being in a cave or not being in a cave, or, be, or plowing, like Rabbi Shimon was struggling with at that time, the mice of, of, uh, in the Gemara Shabbos, they're not so different. He's doing God's will, and I'm doing God's will. And if God's will for me was to be like him, i do that. And if God's will for him is to be like me, he'd do it like me, and it'll, also, it'll be fine. It's not such a... So we're starting something like this. Let's just see it together. So Zel, the, the second line in Maravaka number six, Zel parasha after Krishma. So the first parasha of Krishma means Tayu. <coughs> it means sacrificing everything, giving everything over to God. Despite, so, the, the, so you're saying Kriyishma, the first parag, and you're saying to yourself, wow, that's what I have to be. I have to be, I have to be living in a cave. But then you, then you go to the second parish, and what does the second parish say? That you go to work and you harvest your grain. And we learn from the second parish, like the Gemara says in Brachas, that you have to live a normal life. Shibaloshin Rabim Amura. That's why the second he, he says a little bit of thing over here. That's why the second paragraph, the second parsha, is Baloshin Rabim. Whereas the first parsha is Obaloshin Yachid. The first parsha is It's in singular. In the second parsha, it's And it doesn't say Why not? Because the first parsha is talking about living in a cave. That is not for everyone. Not, and because it's not for everyone, that's why it's in the singular. And in the singular, we can talk about giving up all your money too. In the second parish, which is talking about tikkun, that's talking about the vast majority of people. The vast majority of people, you can't obligate them to give away all their money. That you can do, but no. Why is it Balash and Rabin? Because most people can't handle it. That's not why. Because most people can't handle it, that tells you that God wants most people to not live in a cave. But it's not, be, it's not because they can't handle it. If God wanted them to live in a cave, we live in a cave. Why don't we live in a cave? Not because I can't handle living in a cave. Since I can't handle living in a cave, that means God wants, does, doesn't want me to live in a cave. But it's ultimately about what God wants. And that unifies both things. Take a look at the sec- last paragraph. We'll skip a little bit. And every single Jew has to say the first parasha. Even though you're not living in a cave, you still have to say the first parasha, which says, if I needed to, I would. The beginning of every single day has to be with a full acceptance of God's of, of the yoke of heaven, which means whatever the Rebbe wants of me, that's what I'm going to be willing to do. If that's what God wants, then I accept it. But the reason why I'm not living in a cave like Rav because most people can't handle it, because that's not what God wants. That's why not. And so this is a, a big side to enter into this whole avoid of, of uh, you know, like the Balatani mentioned of, of eating foods, uh, of, you know, being involved in Gashmias, and using that energy to serve the Rabbani Shalom, to, to, to try to, you know, engage in a way of trying to uh, uh, change people that's subtle, to change yourself in a subtle way, to look at Yiddishkeit, everything, every single second renewed. It's very important in order to bring these two worlds together of Tayyon Tikkun to realize that it's not up to us to choose what path it is. It's all about whatever the Rabbanu wants of you. And if the Rabbanu wants you to be Tayyudik, you would do it. If the Rabbanu wants you to be Tikkun Dik, you'd also do it. 
And so since at the end of the day it boils down, the, the, the backdrop, the, the foundation is the same, it's what God wants, so fine, so now already they're not too different from each other. And I can begin to, to go back and forth, and I could go into the cave, out of the cave, and even at the same time I could sort of be a little bit of both at the same time as well. Hashem should help us, that even by simply learning about these tires and trying to connect from Shimon, to find the light of Gula with their own lives, and we should have a Gula Barachim in this way of Aristotel Yubakel and the Tikkun. Be as God said, they can hear you may know all.